Welcome to the fifth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. We're here to remind you that you're not alone, that we're in this together, all striving to make sense of today's working world. Regardless of where you're working right now, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at The Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. And I'm Susie, coach and trainer at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In this podcast, we explore all the things impacting you, our CBBs, at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself, as well as having a few laughs, of course. We really hope you enjoy listening. So it is our 50th episode of The Coaching Cast. And you will have noticed, if you are watching this on YouTube, that we have been joined by a number of special guests to mark this extremely special occasion. So in 2020, when the commercial world worked from their sheds, their bedrooms and kitchen tables, we saw a place where we could go to feel supported and less alone. Susie and I couldn't find it. So we decided over lunch one day, that particular summer, that we would rectify that issue. And during the third lockdown in the UK in 2021, the coaching cast was born. Fast forward to today, and we are now in our fifth season, celebrating our 50th episode, and excited to welcome three of our most loyal listeners, our CBBs, to join us in today's show. We're going to be discussing what being a confident female in work means today, and we'll be hearing what our CBB guests' favourite bullshit bingos are clearly the highlight of this particular episode, I think. So stay with us and enjoy. To start the episode today, we're going to introduce everyone. So today we've got Cara, Katie and Emma with us. And we're going to start by um, welcoming each of our CBBs to tell us a little bit about themselves so you know who you're listening to or watching rather. So we're going to start with Cara. So Cara, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, hi. So I'm obviously Cara. <laughs> I'm a business unit controller in the commercial team at Miller Milk and Ingredients. Um, have worked with Susie and Lisa previously, which is where our friendship comes from. And we have an amazing team a few years ago. Um, I'm also the lead for Women in Miller Group. Um, so kind of diverse into the diversification element of Miller, which I'm really passionate about. So tonight's topic is just on point for me. Um, can't wait to discuss it and hear other people's advice and tips and where we go to with it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Cara. And just so people know, um, whereabouts are you based personally? <laughs> yeah, so this is what throws it. I live down in South Wales, in South East Wales. I've been down here 18 years. Um, this is accent softer. I'm from originally outside Glasgow. However, I have been with Scottish people an awful lot for the past two years, uh, past two weeks, sorry. So <laughs> me, I've got slightly faster, so please call me out if you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, Cara. It's so great to have you with us. I'm so excited. This is so fun. Excellent. So, Katie, your turn. 
Hello, hello. Uh, yes, I'm Katie. I'm the founder of Cultivate Customer Experience by Design. So if you don't know what that is, that's a customer experience consultancy, as the name suggests. Um, I've worked in customer experience for about 10 years and jumped into running my own business just at the beginning of the pandemic, which was uh, scary and exciting. And it was the perfect time for the coaching cast to come into my life because I very much needed it. Oh, thank you so much. That's cool. And whereabouts are you in the country, in this wonderful world? I am about six doors down from Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, representing the Cheshire Housewives. The Cheshire set. Yeah, absolutely. We could have actually like doubled up and actually done this recording together, couldn't we? If you've been that organized. Oh, yeah. But there we go. But yeah, Katie's literally about six doors down from me on the same road. So fabulous. I hope the Wi Fi holds up (laughs) with the two of you draining. Yeah, yeah, in the road. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Emma. Welcome, Emma. It's lovely to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. So I'm Emma. I'm based in Cheshire as well. I'm literally half a mile down the road from Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> you probably hear the same planes going over our heads. <laughs> so I set up my translation business back in 2016. Um, and we help other businesses communicate across the world. Uh, we do a lot of marketing and technical translation from French and German into English. Um, and I'm a pretty diehard fan of the coaching cast, to be honest. Um, I've been watching since the first episode. I feel the same as Katie, actually. I think it was lockdown number three. I was based in the Cotswolds at the time. I remember going out on Tuesday nights, just listening to the episodes every week. It was it was really helpful. Um, so I think what I love the most is kind of the, the stories that you tell and how honest you are about your experiences. I think that helps it just makes it more relatable so you can go away and, and understand a bit better and, and sort of apply the experience you know your experiences and understand a bit better oh thank you so much Emma. I'm glad that our stories make sense to someone and that <laughs> they can take some pluses away from the nonsense that I spout um not maybe Susie um but well I don't know about that so, I, so I, I really appreciate it thank you so much <laughs> yeah well, Thanks, thank ladies. Thank you so much, ladies. It's so great to have you all with us. Um, and thank you so much for listening, especially those of you who've been with us since the start um, <laughs> and are still here. Um, it's absolutely um, wonderful to have you chatting to us today. So let's get cracking and talking about the topic, which is going to be confidence and what it means for women today. Dr. Margie Warnell wrote about the confidence gap for Forbes Online in 2019. In the article, she shares that a study by Cornell University found that men overestimate their abilities and their performance, while women underestimate both. Of course, not all men ooze self-confidence and not all women lack it. However, The gender confidence gap is real and closing it is as much as the linchpin to addressing gender inequity as the many other forces that have contributed to it. So essentially what Mornell is stating here is that addressing and resolving women's lack of confidence and self-belief and aligning it to that of men is just as essential as addressing the imbalance in financial reward to achieve equality between the genders. Confidence is complex. We all recognize the word, but its meaning is different for each and every one of us. Understanding what our own confidence is constructed from and how to manage and maintain it is crucial to our self-belief and performance at work. This does seem to be a challenge more for women than men. So 
to start us off then, ladies, the group, what are your thoughts about this statement uh, in the in the Forbes article? I mean, from your experiences, do you think women can underestimate their abilities and performance more than men? If I may, I've got... Yeah. Go for it, Katie. Such a good example. So I'm, I'm contracting at the moment for um, a huge uh, B2B IT company. And the, um, the, the woman who has been running the department, who initiated it from scratch, has had the gumption and the skills and the energy to start kind of a brand new department, a big initiative, and a, which is very different for a very traditional company. She's done all of this. She's done an amazing work in two years. And we've just um, gone through some kind of awards nomination thing. And one of the awards was Customer Experience Leader of the Year. And she put herself forward and then she came to me and asked, should she change the nomination and put a less senior male through who has only been at the company for about 12 months, so a year less than her, who hasn't done half the work. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's still great and committed and you know he's good at his job, but she's the person who got us here. She should definitely be the person who's nominated. And then she's having this doubt in self-belief about whether she should be the person who should be put forward for the award. And it's like, yes, you bloody should. <laughs> yeah it's such a great example such a great example what 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 do you think that comes from I've been debating this myself because I think of my husband as being one of the most confident people I know in his capabilities and but I don't know where that comes from and why I think he's more confident than I am I think a lot of it's to do with women quite often are concerned more about what other people think of them, whereas men aren't as much. They still are. There is a lot of men out there that are. Um, and I think quite often we don't want to offend people and we don't want to be seen as being too cocky or egotistical. And it's just that kind of external environment and the social media, the media we've been brought up on, the books you read, the situations you're in, it all kind of builds up behind you. And if you've ever had a negative experience, you know, women, for some reason, we tend to jump back to that experience and think, oh, I can't do that again because I don't want to be in that or I don't want to make that person feel that way. Whereas men sometimes are able to just kind of put it down to experience and move on from it. So quite good at detaching the emotions. Whereas I think we build the emotions up in us and think, oh my God, that's what's going to happen next. And we've been through Women and Miller, we've been doing a lot around confidence. And one of the things I've learned is I'm very confident in my capabilities. I'm confident in me doing my job, day-to-day job, being organised, they have functional skills. It's my self-esteem that gets knocked from my confidence and that's where it ends up being. And I think when you can start to differentiate that, that helps you go, actually, it's not my capabilities I'm not confident in, it's my self-esteem and my belief in myself. And if you can get that out, then that seems to what's helped me a wee bit, get a bit better at it. Yeah, I love that, Cara. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's a really great way of determining what the difference is when it comes to, I think, knockbacks especially. I think it's really interesting because I spend a lot of time listening to another amazing podcast, because I'm saying this one's amazing, um, which is Elizabeth Day's How to Fail. And she talks a lot to both men and women and, and actually states often that that's the difference is that men see it as something that just happened to them and they don't necessarily even recognize failure as failure. It's just something that happened. And then they move on to the next thing. They don't have that association emotionally that it just, it, it actually um, determines who they are 
like it's, it's something they can actually just go, oh, well, you know, shit happens on to the next thing. And that's it. Whereas I know in my personal experience, I can definitely like cling on to things like because I think it's interesting because Susie and I were talking about perfectionism last week and I think it is heavily related to that it's the can't get anything wrong can't be seen to be getting anything wrong have to get everything right and it has to be perfect all the time Mm. um and that's definitely been a a sort of a slow work in progress for me to recognize actually a mistake doesn't define me as a person it's (laughs) and you know it's actually okay that I got something wrong if I can at least use that as an opportunity to move forward. Um, it's, it's also interesting, I think, talking about uh, the how we're seen and perceived and how the behaviour element of it comes into it, I think, because what I find, and I don't know whether this is just me, so I'll be interested to know what you guys think, is if I what men get celebrated in terms of how they behave I don't see being mirrored for females. So if females are assertive, confident, maybe even an element of arrogance in some respects is a negative, but I don't think that's always true for men, which I don't know what you guys think of that. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) I definitely think there's like a double standard in place. I've seen it in the work environment and I know probably a couple of us have seen it where there is a double standard that can quite naturally happen around the judgment you can make around how a woman is presenting herself um I think linked to that also going back to the question we we were talking about before I think vulnerability plays a massive part in this as well because in my experience I have to think about myself as well I think I am quite okay with showing vulnerability around the things I'm not good at, the things that um, I find challenging, the things I need some help with. And I'm not sure, like in my experience of the workplace, that men are quite as comfortable with demonstrating vulnerability in the things that they struggle with or find challenging. And so I think because we come at it from different perspectives and different willingness to show how open we are about doing things differently, learning and improving, that there automatically then creates this kind of imbalance around how we see our abilities because that comfort with vulnerability drives a lot of that. But yeah, I think vulnerability plays a big part in it as well. I don't know what some of our other CBBs think. Emma, have you got any thoughts? I'm just thinking back to, for me, like the culture of an, of an organisation and the sort of environment that you're working in is a big factor. In the past when I've worked in places where you know, you've got a bit of a culture of fear or um, a blame. I find that a bit more difficult to then feel confident in or if you've not got um, consistent, clear goals and expectations. And I think from the point of view of women being a bit more emotional, um, as you were saying before, and, and being more willing to show the vulnerable side, I can only see that as a positive in terms of leading teams. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I really think that, that you get the best, the best out of people if you're willing to be kind of vulnerable and show that that's okay. And I think in the coaching cast episodes in the past, you know, it's that, you being like that is what is relatable to people and they can go away and sort of take those learnings. Um, I only see that side of things as being a positive, really, in terms of leading and managing teams. Yeah, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, wouldn't it, if the coaching cast was hosted by two males, like 
what would it be like? Would how different would it be? So Lisa's thinking here. Lisa's like, oh, could we? Oh, could this we is pass, a collab in the making. Could we like, pass the baton and just like two blokes <laughs> like do it together and see what they'd talk about? Yeah, it's really interesting. I love what you talk about in terms of culture, Emma. I think that is so true. I worked for a very male-dominated, um, and I say male-dominated in that it was an organisation whose leadership was heavily male. Uh, especially at the exec level. And that was definitely an environment where it was expected, I think, maybe that's not, I don't think expectation is the right word, but let's just say to be successful as a female, it was about maybe adopting more of those male, like stereotypical male traits of assertiveness, directness, you know, that kind of, stereotypical view of like what powerful looks like and I would say actually a lot of the women who even made it to the exec board and I think at one stage there was only one was unsurprisingly in uh, HR as it always tends to be I find and even I think that individual had that air about her to the point of it kind of gave that view that to be successful in that organization you had to just be more male but I think that's where women like do really suffer in workplaces because at the same time it would be the it would be the same thing you were criticized for like if you were too you know assertive too direct and it was just like god you can't win really you're either not enough or you're too much and it was always based on what a bloke thought of you essentially so which is always you know that's quite a frustrating environment to be in because you can't be like them apparently because they don't like that <laughs> but if you're not enough like them they also don't like that don't like it. so it's like oh god you can't win you can't win um, um like you lisa i worked in middle um i worked in a organization which was majority uh, male senior male led um, I worked in middle management and I was, I think I was pretty protected from that actually. I think I, I worked for a female director, um, definitely protected, but I knew that she was impacted by that. And what was more interesting than, than the kind of the stories that she told was actually to watch her change in meetings. So how she would be with our team, how she would communicate, how she would talk, then going into those meetings and definitely hardening would be the word I'd use. You, you know, you could, you could see it and you could feel it. She would just become a slightly different person. Um, and I don't, I don't think I probably noticed that so much other than looking back and reflecting, but I'm guessing that was a uh, symptom of the culture that we worked in and the, the, maybe the protective barrier she needed to put around herself to feel more confident and succeed in those environments. Yeah. So interesting. So, Moving on then, what, what do you think, and we may have touched upon it partly there, what, what do you think gets in the way of women and like our confidence? I was going to say men, but that's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily mean that. I don't like great men. <laughs> straight on it. Love it. Straight on it there, Katie. <laughs> so the solution then is to remove men. Right. That's it. That's the episode. Top, End top of episode. Tip. Top tip. Uh, <laughs> actually, the, the worst leader I've ever worked for was a woman. So <laughs> me too, great. actually. Me yeah. too, Katie. So yes, it's not it's not all gender driven, no, I don't think. Not. Oh god, it wasn't um, me, was it? No. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, just needed to clarify that. Oh, gosh. Yes. So, for anyone who's confused, yes, I Susie was my manager at one stage in a previous life, um, but that's not who I was referring to. 
(laughs) that was a different life but yeah so men aside uh what else do you think gets in the way thinking back to myself recently I'd say me I've I've got in my own way for sure um I I I present all the time but I always lose my confidence just before and then it's fine it's always fine but you get you get in your own headspace don't you and Mm. I I allude back to what um you were saying a moment ago it's very yeah I don't know it's I suppose you've done it before the episodes with imposter syndrome and, and I know it's an overused word perhaps now but you I think you do you get in your own head and that comes from somewhere for sure but um I'd say certainly my dips in confidence I I couldn't probably say where they were really rooted from apart from just a note my own bit of self disbelief yeah what about you Cara because you talked about um your you know challenge as well being that I believe in my capabilities but it's my self-esteem that if it gets knocked Mm. yeah I think for me um I, I still work in a very male-dominated industry and company. Um, and it's funny because sometimes it's the small things that we talk about, like being mansplained to or in a meeting, and they all just talk on top of you. So that, when I, when I talk about myself with Steam, it probably comes from a frustration point of view at times because I think, oh, there's no point. They're going to ask me to make the tea next or take the notes or arrange the social events type things you just think well what's the point of me trying to you, you kind of end up thinking have I just blacked my way to where I'm at like at times and then you're going to actually do know what I'm talking about but I think it is a combination of the environment you're in and your own perception of yourself and probably where you're feeling and if you've had a really great week or you've just come off a great project and you're buzzing from it then you're like yeah I can conquer the world if you're off a week where you've just dealt with one thing after another do you think oh my lord like what I don't even know what I'm doing anymore like what's going on I just want to run away and hide so it's definitely that bit but yeah it's um, for me quite often it's the mansplaining things but I did get a good tip a few months ago about the confidence element when you're presenting in particular and I just think it's one of the ones that will stick me for ages is that nobody knows what you're going to say next except yourself so when you're worrying about whether you're going to land the message right, whether it's going to be true, whether it's going to be factual, nobody actually knows what you're going to say, bar you. And if you say it with conviction, nine times out of ten, unless you're in a room of accountants or doing the calculations with you, they're going to take it for face value. So there's always a bat in the back of your head of, I can blag it and nobody really know, which salespeople, that's what we do anyway, isn't it? So <laughs> that's probably okay. That's brilliant. I think I'm the worst blagger ever. Because I can't, I, my face gives it away. I'm so rubbish. It's terrible. I've, I've never been able to blag. And it, it's it's often as well because I have to believe what I say, like for myself, like really selfishly. So I'm absolutely rubbish at it. So yeah, that's why I was never good at sales. So <laughs> never. I did it for a little while, but no, no, no good at it. It's not for me. What about for you, Emma? Thanks very much for sharing, Cara, by the way. I think for me, it's a strange one because for some reason, my industry is mostly female, actually. So it's, I'm coming at it from a different angle, I suppose. Brilliant. It's been 15 years now of working in the translation industry. And I'd, I'd like to learn more about why, actually. But it is kind of, I reckon, 80% female-driven mm-hmm. and female-led. So I've not really had many male bosses. Um, 
yeah, so I'm just trying to think about, for, for me, it's not really a female-male thing because I've not yeah. had those experiences, you know, where it's been kind of like, I've not been able to make that distinction really. So it is more about the environment, I think, that you're in. You've got your own business now. So yeah. how do you find that in terms of the difference in that space of, you know, managing your confidence? So I think for me, what's great is that I can take the experiences I've had that have been a little bit on the negative side working for other people and I can create my own culture now. And yeah. I think for me, it's about sort of respect. It's just about respect for each other. Um, we're mostly females again, um, but I do kind of think my confidence does fluctuate. It can sometimes be really high, sometimes be low. It just depends, like you were saying before, on what's happening that week and what's going on. So I do try to sort of surround myself with positive, supportive people, you yes. know, like coaching mentoring helps you can sort of bounce your ideas off each other and and get some guidance on what to do next and I find sometimes like if you do push yourself out of your comfort zone that for me always makes me feel more confident because I think success breeds success if you can see how far you've come or you've overcome a particularly difficult sort of challenge um, it's all about sort of seeing that progress it does make me feel more confident so sort of try and hit things head on not shy away from things and every week there's something new coming up if it's not the pandemic and being locked down I've moved house like four times in two years and there's always something going on that's um challenging I think in business that's normal and that's become the norm um, so I do quite like to sort of chart that and have kind of like quarterly reviews where I'll sit down and sort of look at you know any accomplishments and anything that's been achieved in those three months um, and just build my confidence in that way because it can be quite lonely when you're in the business really there's not that many people kind of especially now that everybody's kind of working from home or hybrids um I think it's really important to sort of think about who you who you surround yourself with and charting that progress oh absolutely Susie and I have talked about that uh, Susie's actually spoken about it to me directly in terms of reminding myself of those exact things because I do struggle with loneliness in in terms of working for myself and that whole piece of not patting myself on the back. So I'm not very good actually at uh, charting my progress and reminding myself that I'm doing a good job or being very kind to myself, which is ironic because it's essentially what I help other people to do. Um, so there's always an element of me walking my talk and reminding myself, actually, I need to do more of this too. Um, so yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think the surrounding yourself with positive people is such a great, tip actually in terms of managing and preserving your confidence because I think actually a positive environment is essential I think for growing confidence for you and others and ensuring you've got a space where you feel really comfortable to operate and can try things out and challenge like you said challenge yourself in a way you feel comfortable to and that you feel in control of as well because challenge is a strange one I think it's so different for all of us and what one person finds really challenging another person doesn't which is totally fine but it's knowing what level of challenge you feel comfortable to to uh, go through and and I think sometimes as well the source of it like where does it come from because again I think you have to trust and believe in the person who's doing the challenging and knowing it comes from a good agenda and that what they want from it is good things for you and everyone else and it's not being used as like a tool of like test or punishment in some ways yeah um, that their intent is positive and that mm. it's going to be used in a way to only support you and your growth and your development I think where the source of it is a really interesting point because when I was thinking about this particular aspect 
I think there's an element around the way we are nurtured from quite a young age. So I think like definitely when I was at school and probably the same when I was at university as well, you were very much kind of rewarded around having your head down, working hard, doing a great job, being consistent, being reliable or really good traits. Don't get me wrong. But actually, when you go into the world of work, that's really important. But also in some ways it's also not enough like you have to also be the person who's perhaps talking the loudest demonstrating the value of what you're delivering and you don't kind of learn that early on well I didn't anyway and so I think that's why sometimes kind of continually focusing on that self-confidence that self-belief that self-assurance can wobble because we kind of often don't necessarily know how to do it do it well do it consistently and we kind of have had to learn it certainly in my experience kind of quite late on in life around its importance at work because just doing a great job realistically in the corporate world isn't really enough anymore it's more there's more of it than that now so I think you know it's it's interesting because I think certainly when I reflect upon some of the males that I've worked with certainly in a corporate industry that's just been more natural to them and their styles around just talking their own abilities up as well as doing a great job they were all great hard-working you know individuals you know they were still really dedicated etc but they just had more ease in demonstrating that to a wider audience than perhaps I did yeah that's really interesting I think it's I think there's also an element of culture there as well like as anyone if anyone's worked with Americans or even worked in America I think they're absolutely amazing at this and I always remember going to a, a party at my friend's house when she lived in Manhattan this was god like 12 years ago now. And um, I remember saying, uh, giving a compliment to one of her friends who I met and they just went, yeah, I know. Right. As in like, yeah, I know. Thanks. I was really like, (laughs) wow. And actually I thought that was really great that she accepted the compliment rather than I know what I'm like. If someone compliments me on anything, I'm like, Oh, it's nothing. You know, I downplay it. I downplay it immediately. It's terrible. I mean, like, you know, we talk about the, the ladies were complimenting me on my ginormous hair earlier but I mean the first thing I will do is um self-deprecate and tell a joke or you know talk about how I look like I've dragged through a hedge so you know I'm not that sort of like you know case in point I think but I do I do think a cult it can be cultural at times as well there's a real like from an English point of view it's it's I don't know I just I I always have this thought that celebrating yourself is unattractive which is so weird I don't I couldn't even tell you where that comes from either I don't know I think that's can... show off it, isn't it? Yes. Like, do you know what? It's been a show off and you're not. Yes, Cara, that is, you know, that's the first thing that came into my head, actually, as soon as I said it was show off, which I, but that is just, that's, I think that's a demonstration of surely where rather than supporting another person to be celebrated, there's a, there's a tone of like jealousy and, you know, negativity around it. And yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, show off was the word that came into my head as soon as I said it. So it must have come from school because I haven't heard anyone use the word show off in a corporate context, <laughs> although I'd love it if they did. <laughs> Stop being such a show off. <laughs> that would definitely be the end of the meeting, I think. <laughs> or the conversation. Yeah. That would have definitely been a comment thrown at me, 100%, especially with some of the shit I've come out with in meetings. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the opposite side of that I think I might have even told Suze before but she's so 
generous with her comments, her compliments, sorry. And she's so effusive and and it sounds so genuine, but I hear her doing it all the time to so many people. Um, even just when you're on a call and someone says something, she'll always introduce like herself to the call being, that is a great point or that is an amazing question. But it does come across with sincerity. And because of, since I've started working with her, I've had to do what you just said, Lisa, about actually trying to take compliments with just earnest and take them because she does it so often yeah. that you can't get away from it. There's only so much, no, don't say that, you, that you can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, I was in a, a leadership training course last week and it's, it was a lot about business psychology and we were talking about high-performing teams and it actually reflects on our team, Susan, when we work together in our peer group um, and with our, our director, which we are all-female, um, bar one person but that's what I was saying in the meeting we we're just talking about how people weren't high performing was we would be in a room and we all just got where our strengths were and there was no egos there was no protecting our areas but we're, we're really complimentary and we would call it out and say Ellie you're awesome at like the the kind of commercial side of the analyticals and she'd be like yeah I'll take that that's my strength you're I would be the people side of it but we always knew we can back each other up and we compliment each other, but there was nothing insincere about it. And it was like, we got it and we accepted it. When I think back, we accepted the compliments off each other. Mm-hmm. I think to your point, because we knew they were coming from someone that was authentic and there wasn't anything behind it, but it grew our confidence. Like we were probably one of the most high performing teams I've ever worked in as a leadership group where we just got how we all worked and we got the results and, we delivered what we said we're going to do in a nice way. And it was it was in such an amazing environment to come in to work with, knowing that that was the, kind of, the dream team that I was working with every day. Yeah. And that comes back to Emma's point around the culture and the environment you're working in and the team piece. It's so important. It's really interesting actually we're talking about this because I learned a term today from uh, a client I was speaking to this morning that I'd never heard to heard before, which is you, some of you ladies might have done, called Radical Candor. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a book, isn't it? As well, yeah. So I've got the book, but I haven't actually started I'll, reading it. Well, so I, don't know quite, I was about to ask you what you think, Emma, because actually, I'd quite like to read it. <laughs> but like my pile of books that I'm supposed to be reading is getting bigger all the time. I actually need to start reading them. Um, but I absolutely loved it when they explained it to me. So it's not something I was familiar with, but it's something that was created by Kim Scott, and it essentially means that when it comes to praise, you do it publicly, genuinely authentically you know with detail and when it comes to feedback you do it privately and you do it again still very honest and open and authentic but you just make it very clear the distinction that praise is to be made public to celebrate it and create I I personally think that positive really motivational inspiring space to work in but while being really aligned to the fact that it can't just be about praise because all of us at times we'll need to understand where we could be better and how so that we can grow and but you recognize you do that privately and you know Susan I've talked about like giving good feedback and what bad looks like publicly is definitely not good and I'm sure you would all agree um but it was just really interesting it's not something I'd heard before but I really liked it and I definitely think you know, the high performing teams I've worked in where I felt my most confident were those spaces where actually actually radical candor was in place and I had never wouldn't have even known it. It was just the way we dealt with things and the way we spoke to each other. Um, and that was definitely a supportive space. Um, so 
what can women do differently then what are your thoughts around this in terms of improving and I would I would say managing and maintaining their confidence because everyone has confidence it just sometimes has a little walkabout (laughs) I think probably from my view is it's actually having some really good male allies and you're like in your workplace as well it's not I mean like I said with women Miller stuff the kind of joke it's not about burning our bras it's just about making sure we've got the opportunities and the confidence there and we're doing the best job and the right thing for the business but what I have learned is I really and it is because I do work with a lot of men I rely on having these strong men allies that I know if I'm not feeling positive or confident enough about doing a presentation that I can let them know that I can share it with them and know they've got my back and you can work like so I was presenting last week um and my boss is a fantastic ally and it was saying to him, well, I'm really, it was the first day back from the holidays with really important people at the meeting. And he's like, right, well, you do this and I'll pick it up if you don't. And just knowing in that moment, mm. and he, he kind of shared that he was nervous about it as well, so it was important to him. And I've got another kind of male ally that's one of my peers and we go on so well, but has having that person there that can give you a different perspective as well. And I think that helps build the confidence instead of it just being about internal focused all the time. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Get out of your head. That plays into what you said, Katie. Totally. And I was going to say um, that I always feel most confident when I feel prepared. So when I feel confident in, when I feel comfortable in what I'm going to be talking about, I feel more confident. But I think just to, um, Kara, you just sparked something else in me, actually, with saying what you were saying. I, I also never feel more confident than when I'm recognised uh, recognized as not like oh you're Katie from MasterChef. <laughs> like, no, just to get that in there. Um, no, no. I was about to say we haven't even talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean that though. Even though first I, celebrity, I totally took that in there. First celebrity on the coaching cast. <laughs> Cheshire Sats. <laughs> when someone recognizes you for the work that you're doing and and the and the good work that you do, and then they publicly recognise you. So to the point where you just said, "Car, you know, where I'm like, you know, you you take that part of the presentation." It's a small thing, but I think when somebody does recognise your ability and your value and your, your kind of your contribution to the team, that gives me confidence. So I suppose just to continue to pass that on to other people in your team, and it's not a seniority thing either. You know, it can be from you know Joe sitting next to you, but that recognition mm. I think boosts confidence for sure. Yeah, and I like what you said there around actually give it away to receive it back because especially you know going back to this whole like the importance of culture and the environment you work in I think that is that that is what helps to even create that it's no one person's responsibility I don't think and I think it's about you know role modeling what you want to see and experience um what's what about for you Emma what what do you think women can do differently I think, I don't know if it's just me or if it's a common thing, but one of the things that I've struggled with in the past is kind of asserting boundaries and sort oh, of yes. not necessarily say no, but just kind of negotiating. And if, you know, something comes up where it's a bit of an unreasonable request, or I think I've just been like a bit of a yes person a lot in the past. So one of the things that I've kind of grown in confidence over the last few months is kind of getting to a point where I feel a bit more confident in asserting boundaries when it need, when I need to. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. But it's definitely something I've been working on just to feel a bit more like you're in control of your own yes, day, yeah. week. And yeah, not taking on too much. I tend to sort of take everything on and try to do it all myself. So I'm getting better at delegating, being able to say no a bit more and just asserting those boundaries. And how's that made you feel? 
just a bit more relaxed, to be honest, a bit more kind of in control um, and, and a bit stronger, actually. Like you can deal with things that come up because you d- you're not going to sort of let anything run away from you. It's, it's, a, it's all a bit more manageable. Yeah. If you're able to say no, yeah, it's, quite, it's been quite eye-opening, actually. It's not something I've been able to do until quite recently. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, we've talked about boundaries. And actually, I know for myself, when I've asserted a boundary, because I've actually thought about it to create one, because that's the first step, it's made me feel really powerful and really empowered to keep doing that. And as though, as I love the fact that you relate that again to control, because that's totally true. Like, you're in control and you're making decisions and... I know for a fact, I think some of my favorite moments in the workplace has been when I've really asserted that in a public setting. <laughs> I mean, this is a bit, it sounds a bit sadistic now, but I'm just saying the reactions from people when they realize that one, I've done it and two, it's possible and oh, they could do that too. Uh, is always pretty cool, but that it does take confidence to do that though. So, you know, you have to be in the right space, but to get there, I think just requires that let's stop, let's think about it and then give it a try I mean what's the worst that could happen for me probably I could have got fired no it wasn't that bad but I mean you know it's just it's it's quite a cool thing to do I always think it's something I definitely encourage people to do you know so, it's really interesting you're saying that sorry Lisa no um, not at all it made me do that just made me think I'm like my daughter so Evie's nearly 16 and a few weeks ago her shift finished at two o'clock so she works in a coffee shop at the weekend and the owner asked her to stay on 10 minutes to help out. And she turned around and went, no. And that's pretty much how she said, she's very like her dad that way. And she said, no, she went, my shift finished at two o'clock. And she said, it's only 10 minutes. She went, no, my shift finished at two o'clock. And instantly, and as we talk about the motions and things, I'm going, you didn't say that way. And I was like, get all worked up for it. And she went, but my shift finished at two o'clock, mom. And I had things to do. And I was like... Oh, okay. But that after the reflection, I thought that's actually really empowering. She's not even sixteen years old, and she has learned this task. That at forty-two, I still haven't learned. <laughs> Way ahead of me. <laughs> and me. Yeah. Good for Evie. Right, that's yeah. it. We all need to be more like Evie. Be more She's Evie. Gonna <laughs> run this world, I think. Yeah, um, I that kind of boundary setting. Love it. Way. Yeah, Fair I love play. it. That's so, great. <laughs> so um, to conclude this discussion, then I'm going to ask each of you, and we'll do it in turn. Like, what's what's your one tip for our listeners, our CBBs, around how they can better manage and maintain their confidence? Shall I pick one person, or is there one person who's eager to go first? This feels very corporate now. I feel literally like let's go around the room. But um, Katie, I'm going to pick you. My <laughs> mind is racing to try and think of the best, the best tip. Ah, oh, there's so many. I think for me, when I first started my journey, certainly becoming more senior in organisations, I wish someone would have just said, just talk to people more. Just, you know, I think it goes back to something that Susie said earlier around it's changed. The way, the way in which we work, what, what's important at work, um, I think what's important is stakeholder engagement. And I think having the confidence to just to talk to people, more people outside of your circle. And the more you talk to people, the easier it is and the more confidence you'll get. So I think don't be afraid to widen your circle and talk to people. Fabulous. Thank you, Katie. What about yourself, Cara? What's your top one, t- one top tip? It's be yourself and be proud of who you are. Um, we're becoming better at diversity and inclusion and equity. However, 
it takes us all just to be really comfortable being ourselves. Um, I know we joked about being more evil, but that's probably what I've learned of her. Um, seeing a younger generation come through who is comfortable in their own skin, who's confident in their capabilities. And it's so empowering to watch and see. Um, so yeah, the more you can be like that and not disappear from your values, that's a that's a good thing. And that'll make us even better business and company and world, whatever you want to put it, going forward. Ab, I love that, Cara. Thank you. And Emma, what about you? What's your one top tip, would you say? My top tip would be about the sort of quarterly reviews and just spending, you know, one or two hours every three months just reflecting and charting all the successes you've had, your achievements, accomplishments over that time, Mm. just to see that progress. That's what gives me the most confidence. Love it. Thank you, Emma. That's great. And it was great listening to, yeah, how that's really worked and helped you, um, for sure. Suze, is there anything you want to add as a tip? Um, so there's some brilliant top tips there. Thank you so much, CBWiz, for giving us your um, experiences. The one thing I would add is actually just kind of give it a go. Put yourself in those situations which you actually don't feel particularly confident in um, so that you can prove to yourself that you can do it. And so you've got then um, a point which you can reflect back on as a memory as an experience um and then off you go you go again you go for bigger better wider whatever it is that you you want to kind of go on but actually until you face it and try and be brave and do it um it will be hard to know whether you have got the confidence with it inside you to achieve it and it's like a new skill you have to practice it so the more you do it the more your confidence will build and the more it will become second nature. Um, but just making that first step and giving it a go, I think is a really important top tip. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. That was that was absolutely awesome. And some great tips there as well, which we will summarise at the end of this uh, particular episode for all of our CBBs. At this point in the coaching cast, we share a bullshit bingo, and today is no exception. We have invited our guest CBBs to bring with them one of their favorite bullshit bingo phrases to share with us. And we are looking forward to hearing what they've got, because Lisa and I have no idea. I'm so excited. (laughs) I know. So here goes. Cara, you're up first. Can you tell us your bullshit bingo, please? (laughs) <laughs> there's that many um <laughs> it's the one where it's all about we've all got to be in alignment and focus and we'll get it over the line and it just seems when an awful lot of lines get talked about but we never know what where the line is so it needs to move so that's a bit for me is the, the bit that it does my hair done <laughs> i love that there's so many lines i don't know which one we're crossing getting there <laughs> love line chats over the line Oh. God, I can't believe we haven't had over the line yet. That is so good. No, I don't think we have. I think no. that is a, a completely brand new one. So that's a great one. That's a great Thanks one. Thanks, Cara. I have definitely used that. I think I used it today, actually, <laughs> just thinking about it. I think I used it today with somebody I was talking to this morning. So, um, yeah, literally a hot bullshit bingo right there <laughs> in terms of <laughs> so thank you Cara love it Katie what have you got for us so I use mine this week and I think you might have actually used it before um 
driving the needle. But I have this problem where I never say things right anyway. Like my, my mind feels articulate, but my mouth isn't. So I didn't even say driving the needle. I said pushing the needle, which I suppose works. And it might quite fit with Cara's, you know, driving that needle over that line. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag them all together for like the ultimate bullshit bingo to celebrate the 50th episode. I'm liking this idea. Okay, you might be onto something here. That's brilliant. Fab. So you use this one, did you yourself? This yeah, week. I don't know why. What does it mean? Show <laughs> what does it like show progress? I don't know why I didn't just say that. I was like, yeah, we need to. We'll, we'll do that and we'll measure how we can really push the needle forward. It's like, what? What needle? Is yeah? Is, the, like is it the needle? Yeah, is it like the needle in a car, like a speed thing? I don't know. I was like, is that what it's? I mean, to be fair, I went straight to haberdashery. So <laughs> <laughs> she was in hobby craft instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And Emma, what have you got? Mine kind of ties in as well, actually. So you drive the needle over the line and then we'll touch base in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I feel like we should. Yeah, we should definitely write that out as a sentence. <laughs> that is so good. Drive the needle over the line and we'll touch base in a week. <laughs> oh, my God. This is brilliant. I'm absolutely loving it i'm writing it down here because we definitely need to get that out as an ultimate bullshit bingo that's for sure you put well, it a line first before you put the needle over the push the needle over the line <laughs> four points a lot of aligning lines in itself needles getting it over the line touching base oh my god i mean it goes on and on doesn't it like i did so many i did a bit of research before to to understand a bit more like where the phrase came from like touch base and for some reason like quite high up in the google searches somebody put in is it touch base or touch face (laughs) 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 it just made me laugh so that was me Touch face. <laughs> if, you, if you put in what does touch face actually mean, you'll see it in Google. It says, is it touch face or touch face? Katie, is that the sort of thing you would say because you get it wrong? Oh, oh no. I'm terrible. My uh, my husband has a great, he's, he's one of his old bosses used to do it too. And my husband's got this great example of, what is it? That's how the cuckoo crumbles. <laughs> It's cookie. It's a cookie. <laughs> oh my god! Oh gosh, my cheeks are actually hurting from that. One of my uh, mates does it as well. Kate, touch base. Fair. Touch base. She's she's a classic for getting them all mixed up. I think she's like blow me over with a barge pole, and it's like <laughs> I think there's about three in there. Just like no, that's not what it means. What blow me over with a barge pole? I mean, this literally doesn't make sense on any level. Lisa what did you say last week in last week's episode in bullshit bingo you were like oh I use this word with my friend oh attrition attrition yeah although I've definitely googled that and it's not at all what I thought it was (laughs) I swear people talk about that in corporate they talk about natural attrition so what am I thinking of maybe it's not attrition then you know when people are like moving in and out the company and you're like balancing off your people numbers Oh, I don't know. But it's not that I thought it was. So I've been talking nonsense for a long time. (laughs) Goodness me. Love it. Well, 
if you've got any more bullshit bingos that you would like us to feature in a future episode, we really need to hear them, mainly just to make us laugh, to be honest. So <laughs> you can get in contact in a number of ways. You can DM us on Instagram at the coaching cast, or you can send us an email at hello at the coachingcast.co.uk and get them in. We love hearing from them, hearing from you. So please uh, send them through. So today we've been celebrating our 50th episode with some of our CBBs and discussing what confidence means for females today in the workplace. So our tips and recommendations from our lovely CBBs are number one, pick your people and really focus on building relationships. So both from the perspective of giving you support, other ideas and just helping you to get that promising feedback to help you with really giving that reassurance around your confidence number two is be yourself and be proud of it so we're calling that be more evie as that is inspired by cara's wonderful daughter who is called evie um Number three is the importance of reflecting. So really taking that time on a regular, consistent basis to stop, reflect and chart your progress to remind yourself of what you've achieved and what you're capable of. So you've got a really important point of reference. And the last piece is go for it. So be brave, challenge yourself, really use those challenges and the experience to understand what you're capable of and to remind you actually of how capable you truly are and keep practicing it. So do more of it because that will really help you with growing your confidence, especially as actually sometimes the things that don't go right for us are those where we learn the most and they're a real testament to our capability and how we're able to resolve things. So don't worry um, about remembering all of these. As usual, we will be putting them on our Instagram page and they will be available on our website. So as well as the top tips from today, we have a few self-coaching questions for you to uh, try out to support you around this topic of confidence. So I've got four for you today. The first one is answer the statement, feeling confident for me means, so just fill in the blank. Number two, and it's another statement, answer, I feel at my most confident when. So use that to really understand what confidence means for yourself so you know what it means and also recognizing what helps you to feel confident. So what's going on around you? Who are you with? What's the environment? Question three is what gets in the way of you being confident more often? And number four is what actions can you take to help you to be at your most confident every day? So as I said, don't worry about remembering the tips. They'll be on the website and on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week. We hope you enjoyed today's special episode celebrating our 50th episode with some of our incredible CBBs and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourself. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And you can contact us in three ways. On email, hello at the coaching cast. On Instagram at The Coaching Cast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. 
Your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us to grow this podcast, please, please do us a favor. Leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You have no idea how important these are. Hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast. Next week's episode, we're discussing how to move past failure and disappointment, a really important topic which impacts all of us and which we are looking forward to discussing and sharing our top tips and recommendations to support you. We both love music and use it to motivate and energise us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting or job. It's my choice this week. And as we've been celebrating our 50th episode, it felt only right to pick a party tune. So I've chosen Celebration by Cool and the Gang. What a tune. Yeah. Which we love are dancing it. to it now. I know. We should have had it on. If only there wasn't royalties against music. Use. Yeah, there is that issue. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to burst into tune. Uh, but burst into tune, burst into song. Can't even speak. <laughs> Fabulous. So thank you so much for listening, CBBs. Your support over the last 50 episodes has meant so much. And obviously a big, 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 big thank you to those CBBs who've joined us today, Cara, Emma and Katie, who have been amazing. And we really have loved you being on the Yeah, program. thanks, ladies. It's, it's been, been amazing to have you here. So have a great week, everyone. And remember, you've got this. <laughs> <laughs>